Hi guys, how's it going? I'm here with the amazing Tim Lefebvre. The, uh, what did we call you earlier? Uncle Tim. Uncle Tim, yeah. Uncle Tim, yeah. I was like, joking with Tim saying he's the godfather of... Like, if you don't know who Tim is, we'll get to that in a minute, but if you ever, like, you know, sneak onto Instagram or go to live gigs and you see, like, loads of bass players with, like, way, way, way more effects than they used to have... Yeah. It probably yeah. came from Tim, yeah. hence the Uncle Tim term. And funnily <laughs> enough, uh, the, the Knower guys call me Uncle Tim. Yeah, oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Because <laughs> so, I was like, I'm like three times, and they're like, I'm like 63 and they're 22. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you sort of like that? You are the Uncle Tim, yeah. I was literally the Uncle Tim. Yeah, yeah, great band as well. Oh, awesome. Great band, yeah. yeah. So, Tim, obviously you, you don't come from New York, do you? But you were like, you were a big sort of like bass player on the New York scene, you so, played with rumor has it, yeah. Rumor has it. You played with a gazillion guys out there. You did some TV yeah. stuff as well, mm. uh, and then you moved to LA, which is the last time I saw you was in LA. Right. And you just moved down there at that point. I think one or two years. Yeah, two yeah. years probably. And then I, you were kind of new down there. You yeah. sort of like said you were kind of like feeling your way into that yeah. scene. And then since then, you've obviously gone on to you did the Tedeschi Trucks thing for right. how many years? Five. Five years. Yeah. Brian Adams. Uh, who else have you done down there? <sighs> Toured with? Um, oh, just tell me. Oh, recorded with, yeah. Empire of the Sun, um, Toto, uh, Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you did, yeah, yeah. A yeah. little song, like, like dropping the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Black Star album, which was Bowie's yeah. last album. So with you, do you know what, like, what, what really fascinates me about you is that you've got like a split personality in terms of like your bass playing. You've got this like, you've done super commercial gigs, Brian Adams, mm-hmm. you know, Tedeschi Trucks, for instance, like that yeah. is a pretty commercial gig. And then you've also got this other part of your life, which is, you know, I mean, like Noah, for instance, you're playing with. Yeah. And what's the sax player? Great. Who um, Jonathan Marin's playing with now? Oh, Donnie McCaskill. Yeah, Donnie McCaskill. Yeah, yeah. You've got that whole sort of like right. experimental jazz improvisation thing. Right. Like nailed down as well. Yeah. I've been doing some producing too, so it's all... Yeah, so like in terms of that, like I think you were quite a unique cat, unique bass player, you know, like has that always, like have you planned to do the commercial stuff or is that just sort of like come up? Well, it just came up. I mean, a lot of it, you know, actually, and surprisingly, it it was in that serendipitous period after, you know, after Blackstar came out. Um, But, uh, you know, when I asked Brian Adams, like, how did you find who I was? It wasn't even that. It was, I did this one gig on, on David Letterman with Donald Fagan. Yeah. And like Wayne Krantz was on it and Keith Carlick was on it. It was Michael Lenhart's idea to put us back together. And um, uh, John Leventhal was playing guitar. So at that, at that point, like we just did that one gig and I was like apparently looming in the background over Donald Fagan and, and Brian Adams had said he'd seen that. Is that why you... Yeah, he said he'd seen that. And, like, in fact, I think he changed the outfits of the band to that, you know, to black tie, jeans, and... Is that what jacket. Yeah, that's what that he said. Day. And so he said he'd seen me on that, and, and he's just like, yeah, let's get this guy. And, you know, and actually it was at a period I was, like, super busy. I was going to Australia with Tedeschi Trucks, and I was like, man, I don't know if I have time to learn the music. And he's like, come on, just say... And he would literally not let me say no, so... I ended up doing that, and I'm glad. It was an amazing tour. How long did you do that tour for? I just did, like, two, three weeks. But it was amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, the the thing was for me, it was a challenge to like, you know, have to play the parts on the record. I was going to say, how do you yeah. like sort of like from a musical standpoint? How do you actually sort of like because like bass yeah. playing, 
like there's bass playing, but we were talking <clears throat> earlier about some like bass playing for some people is completely different, right? To to other, you know, to, to what to what else somebody else is hearing, right? We well, hear different things. Yeah, I mean, the thing that helped about that is those are iconic songs, you know, that I grew up with and everybody grew up with. Yeah. So like the stuff you heard on the radio, it's like, oh, cool. You know, you, when you're playing the parts, it's like you feel like you're playing something that's, you know, adding to this like legendary stuff. And so, not that you think about that while you're playing, yeah. but you know, it's definitely a muscle that you know. Okay, can I? That was part of the challenge of it. It's like, okay, can I do a gig like this? Like, you know, because usually I'm just playing the parts. Yeah, playing parts and being strictly almost a robot. You know, I yeah. I tossed some stuff in. It wasn't like. But, you know, just to see if I could be that guy. Like, just like, okay, play the same thing every night. Yeah. And it turned out I could. I just, you know. And never... how much, like, freedom do you have on a gig like that? Not much. Not much. Not much. I would throw in some stuff and, you know. I, you know, yeah. like the, early on I was putting in more stuff. And still, <laughs> and I, you know, I was told to chill it out, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm totally, that's a, that's a totally legit criticism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's something you can reel in really easily, you know. So after a while I figured I could do it. Yeah. Know? And when you do, we're doing the Tedeschi, Tedeschi trucks, I always have a problem saying Tedeschi. Tedeschi. Truck, yeah. 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 I always say it really fast, just in case I'm pronouncing yeah. it properly. But that band, yeah. Tedeschi Trucks Band, you said that those guys, I can remember when we were talking in LA, you said yeah. those guys like wanted you to do like a more of a Jameson type thing. Yeah. And you were like just getting into like listening to Jameson. Right, and, and Willie Weeks and Yeah, you know, Willie Weeks stuff. and stuff yeah. like that. Jamar yeah. Like you know, how, how is their approach different to what your approach was at that time? Um well, you know that a lot of that classic soul music is just driven by bass and drums, yeah. you know. Um, so a lot of it came from that. So like, yeah, naturally I kind of just jumped in and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like totally like sitting out and transcribing, you know, I was just kind of getting the idea of it and the, and the vibe of it and just kind of throwing it in there. Yeah. Like, it kind of had my slant on it, which is good and bad, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, it just kind of came out and, you know, I think it worked. It, it, to me, it's like, you know, that band was like a little less part specific, like, you know, like just as long as you knew the song and could navigate through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, cause it was different every night from, from my, so you've got like a chord sequence, but you can, yeah. as long as you're outlining the chords. Well, you, you stay in a certain ballpark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if, if something sounded like a part, you play the part and, and stuff like that. But you know, there was room to do stuff. So it was fun on that, on that front. How far could you push it? I mean, if we were improvising pretty far, Yeah. pretty far. I mean, there was times where it just would turn into, you know, Sun Ra, like just totally out. Yeah. You know, but, but there was like specific moments for that to happen. And then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, we made a lot of music in that band, you know. Like, if, if somebody's <laughs> watching this, like obviously like with Scott's bass lessons, we've got like a ton of students that right. watch this. If, you, if, we, if there's somebody there and they're sort of like going to be a side musician, if they're thinking, it's what I want to do, I want to work for artists and I want to do studio work right. and that whole thing, you know, because I think that session musician thing isn't really there anymore, but that side musician thing is like a legitimate, yeah, you know, totally. it's a le legitimate career choice. Like what advice and tips would you, like critical things that people should be thinking about before they get into doing something like that because you are killing it. You've got the commercial stuff down, you're doing this, you know what I mean? Like, so whatever you're doing is like working. So what advice would you give to people that are getting into that kind of scene? Well, I mean, to get into that scene, first of all, it takes a long time of waiting and like, you know, just hanging in there and playing the game. Yeah. Not, not so much playing the game, but hanging in there. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a big part of it. And, and uh, you know, like having a goal about it always helps. I never did. I just sort of kind of like, whoa, he's, you know, this guy has been played. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, due yeah. to my low self-esteem, I was just like, oh, I can't believe it. And, yeah, you know, okay. So it, like, which helps <clears throat> shape my career, though. It's like, you yeah, know, yeah, I just said yeah. yes to whatever I, I what felt What would like you a, tell like 20-year-old Tim? Maybe that's the actual question. It's like, 
Um, <laughs> they'll probably just do the same thing, just carry on, because your career's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would say. I mean, you know, because when I moved to New York initially, I thought I was going to play j- upright and play jazz, and, yeah. and that was it. And it just turned it whole, just, it went all electric. Yeah. I mean, I still play some upright, but, you know, just everything I'm, I've been making money on is mostly electric bass. So, you know, God, I, what, that wasn't the plan. You yeah. never really, yeah. to me, you could never have a plan. Just like, you know, know who you like and like you know and also i didn't really even have my own sound to me you know what i mean i was i was always trying to sound like daryl jones or you know from the sting records or Miles yeah, yeah. Or, you know like or marcus miller or victor bailey you know back then i was that was that's who my formative stuff was jocko you yeah. know so you know that's that's kind of where i was coming from you know um and do you think having your own sound is like obviously when you're playing with guys like brian adams and the tedesco trucks thing and Chris Botty back like way back that was yeah. good for years ago, wasn't yeah. it? Like you really not are you get employed in those bands f- for your sound? So they say, I don't know. But, or, but what do you think? I mean I'm just trying to do the right thing. I, yeah. like it's not like like I mean my sound to me is always malleable. That that's another thing maybe if young kids should should maybe say, Well, I just wanna do my thing. It's like it's fine if you want to be poor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I think you should be able to sound like different stuff if you need to. You know? Yeah. Um, it, which is not always easy, and it, and it takes some uh, stubbornness, refusal, whatever it is. You know, like that. There's a, there's blocks on certain stuff. You know. Yeah. Because you definitely have like a, a sound now. Like obviously you mentioned all those influ- influences yeah, just yeah. then. Like, but you don't sound like those and, guys and now. Michelle and Jake Ocello is a huge influence too. Yeah. And Alpino. You know, blah. It could go on forever. Yeah. But right. Yeah. I mean. So I just try to kind of like gather in all that stuff and in whatever filter it comes out, it just comes out of a certain filter. And what's your process of, of using that? You know, when you're listening to those guys, what's your process of actually getting whatever you want to, to draw from them into your playing? Is it like sitting down and like learning some lines or is it just listening and just trying to get into a more sort of like, I mean, sort of like a vibe of just listening to them? There's, well, both things are valuable. So, yeah. I mean, it depends on how nitpicky you want to get about it, you know. Like there was a... Um, uh, sit back, relax, and uh, listen to the A track. What's that track called? Yeah, I do you. Plantation Lullabies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I sat down, you know, because it was, I think she had sampled her bass sound and put it on a keyboard, but it was like, it was like this line. It was like, uh, I don't know if I can play it. Uh, 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 you know, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, It was like yeah, kind yeah. of, they used a pitch wheel on it. So I, I sat down and tried to play that because it's super clumsy on bass. Yeah, so you're trying to get that sort of yeah. like language into your vocabulary. Yeah, because yeah. it, it sounded super soulful and, you know. And I know it was sampled, but it didn't matter. I was like, I'm, i got to be able to play this. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, I so see you're doing both, basically. Yeah. yeah, so that was like an example of like, okay, I need to learn that. Yeah, you and know? I think like something about your playing as well that really sticks out. And, and, I, and I think that um, it's, it's like you're the sort of, I don't know what phrase to use. Let me just like rewind. Like I was talking to Michael League. And he's like, I'm like talking about his influences and like Timber Faye's my favourite bass player. <laughs> Timber Faye's my favourite player. Funny. And then like I've got a ton of friends like, who are you into? Oh, Tim LaFay's my favourite bass player. So I've got this sort of like, all of these sort of like I mean, bass geek friends. Like, Tim LaFay, I've never heard of him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is this Tim guy? Yeah. But Uncle Tim, you know. Uncle Tim, yeah. Um, but, the, but the weird thing is that like, it's not an, ob- you're not the obvious because like, there's a ton of bass players that sort of like, right. you know, and they're like the obvious, right? Oh, who right. do you, well, because it's like, it's really visually 
or orally kind of like right. obvious that they're very amazing, right, right? right? Whereas you, you've got this sort of like subliminal, just like way, I think it's how your planes developed over the years that you've got that sound, your sound that we were talking about is something that really resonates with a ton of bass players out there that aren't looking for that, you right. know, because we're all looking for like a bass hero. We all need somebody to be like, oh, I love their playing. And you are that person for like, uh, so many bass high, players high, out there. High praise. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I just think, you know, there's ways to find without being the shredder. Yeah. Because I don't think I myself... Have you ever wanted to be the shredder? I mean, I hear like guys like Hadrian Farode, and I'm just like, whoa, it's, you know, it's next level. There's a million. Yeah, there's a million. Right, exactly. I mean, I would love to, you know. Have you ever tried... Was it ever like on on the cards, though? You were like, yeah. Yeah, Early on, yes. Yeah, so like early 90s. Watch out, Daryl Jones. I'm here with my thumb. I'm going to do my thing. Some some of that. Well, but Daryl Jones never really did that fancy shit either. He just kind of was just like... If you watch the, the... uh, Bring on the night movie. Yeah, it's just yeah, doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah, all his yeah. wrist is doing. And I was like, oh, that's how you do it. Yeah, because I couldn't yeah, figure it out. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, I don't know. Then, yeah, when Patatucci, like the the Chicory Electric Band, I was like, oh yeah. yeah. So I, of course, I wanted yeah. to shred. You know. But then after a while, it's just like I just realized what, it wasn't happening. And actually, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been cheating a little bit on, on records where they want me to do that stuff. Like, I actually take the track in Ableton, yeah, and I slow it down. I play some weird shit in it, and then they speed it up, and it sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. You know, yeah. I, I killed it. Yeah. I killed it. No, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did it on Scott Kinsey had a solo record, and he wanted me to take a bass solo. So I did it. Yeah, I slowed the track down and then I sped it back up. Yeah, so you could like get the phrases down that you wanted to get. Down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I could do it at slower tempos. So I just, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, that's like years of work, which I just don't have time for. Yeah, well, I was just, my, my second question to it was like, obviously, because you, because I was like, I definitely at one time I would like you, you can though, uh, like I would shredded eat like better a few years ago for sure. I'm just getting sort of like slowly declining as the years go on. I'm just getting slower. Yeah, so you kids keep shredding. Yeah, right. Um, but there was definitely like a point in my life where I was just like, I'm not going to be that. I don't want to be a bad version of somebody else. Right. You know, like, did you have that moment? I mean, you know, to me back then, because it wasn't as prevalent back then. So it was just kind of Jocko. And then, then, then it was like, then it was Patatucci, you know. Yeah, there wasn't that many, so it was like a, there wasn't that much. Not to, like it is now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's there was not much to draw from. Yeah, you know, now Matt Garrison, you know, like oh yeah, Matt Garrison, yeah, was you know, was like, yeah. So like it was it was more of a um, there was less you, you weren't in, inundated by it. So like it was if you really wanted to do it, it's, it was possible to do. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just kind of never. I kind of went there and then I kind of not. You, well, then you know, also I was winding up on gigs where they didn't want you to take solos even so yeah, it's just yeah, like okay yeah, why, yeah. why do that yeah and a lot of like I think I definitely were in New York when you were in New York you all had a lot of projects that you were involved in right and you were sort of like co-founder of that sort of like you know like Boomish and stuff like that yeah and Wayne Krantz and, you know you Wayne Krantz yeah. and stuff like that so maybe that also shaped your sound yeah very much so actually guys. yeah because Wayne I mean you know I'm sort of self-taught except for if I had to say I had a teacher it would be Wayne you know yeah ex- right okay yeah. like I don't know whether I actually asked you this or maybe we had a conversation at some point. The other reason why I didn't really check out Jamerson because he didn't want any of that. And it's kind of, and that trio at the time with Keith and Wayne, it didn't work. Yeah. Playing playing that kind of 16, like bumpy 16th note stuff. Well, I've heard you say in in the past that you learn 
I'm sure you said maybe in an interview or maybe like last time we spoke, you said you learned more about phrasing from Wayne than yeah, anybody else. Absolutely. So like, let's de- definitely get into that today. Yeah. And then also in another interview, I was talk, um, listening to Wayne Krantz and he was like, I don't want a bass player to play all of that stuff that a bass player plays. I want somebody to play, and then I can't remember exactly what you said, but he, and then and the end of the sentence was your name, basically. Yeah. It's just like, basically like play, play like Uncle Tim, <laughs> <laughs> or, or don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, but in terms of like phrasing, what what did you mean when you said that? Basically, like you know, it made it made improvising a lot easier as a trio, and like to keep it interesting, like because it would just always come around as an eight, eight bar phrase, no matter what the idea was. Yeah, you know, even if you didn't drop one on on the top of the next phrase, but something would shift a little bit or something would shift a lot depending on what the what the momentum of the music was yeah you know because like literally and at that period like you know from like 90 i think we started that trio in 97 or something and we went to like 2004 playing a lot yeah so there wasn't much written stuff it was like kind of like a you know 16 32 part chart and then yeah. the rest of it was just blowing and then it was like you know you just kind of find the islands in between play a cue which also set up the improvisation so it was like really really cool like conceptually it was like you know and we didn't know, I didn't know at the time that it was going to be as revolutionary as it was. I mean, yeah. and, you know, as great as Wayne was just, you know, already a monster. But but the fun part was watching Keith Carlock come up with that language of the, the kind oh, of rolling I stuff. Yeah, I mean, but but I, I watched it happening. Like, yeah. like, it was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, later on when everybody heard it, it was like, okay. but like being there at the beginning was like really rad because it's yeah, like yeah. Nobody's, nobody's can touch this guy. It was, yeah. It was insane. He's a, he's, yeah, he's, an, yeah. he's another idea. Just like, but it was just so fresh and like it just, you know, I just felt like no matter what I played, it just didn't, wasn't going to sound terrible, you know? It's just because yeah. it was all this other context, like rhythmic context going on. So I could play a whole note under it and it would sound incredible. It's going to sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah or yeah. quarter note, you know, like something simple, like yeah. just because it was, it had so much momentum. Like in, in terms of phrasing, was it, was it something, was it listening to Wayne that, influenced you or was it just playing in that trio that influenced the way that your yeah, sound very much developed? So. Very much so. I mean, you know, for instance, like, you know, you could play in E minor, like, you know, we were generally playing in minor keys, but there's all this other stuff in minor keys, like, you know, not necessarily playing the root. I mean, there's all this, you know, like, like stuff that sounds like U2 to me. Yeah. If you're playing in A minor, you know, there's all that stuff, you know, that's available. Yeah. It's like, so you can... Yeah, it, yeah. It, it could it could sound like you're playing an E, but just with the flat six. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like it's interesting. So I, you know, that's what was cool. It's like, oh shit, it's like you know, there's all these other things you can go to, and like all these dark, you know, uh, you know, yeah, great. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's all this kind of weird. Yeah. And just like finding stuff that works because like you know you had to have a pretty major toolbox to yeah not be well, boring in that interview that i was reading from wayne um he actually said that he doesn't tell bass players um the like the key or anything like that or whether it's major or minor he'll just say like e yeah and because he said if i if i tell them like it's, it's like e dominant seven he right, said in their like, mind yeah. he said oh i'm gonna get up I'm going to get out all yeah. my E7 licks. Well, or, right. You know what I mean? Like, and he's 100% they can have some right. preconception right. of, I will play this yeah. on that chord. Yeah. So he just gives them like a tonal center yeah. and we're going to go do the thing. And usually he'll bend in and out of like certain stuff, like a diminished part of it or, or, you know, like, you know, he's just always going. So it's like, it's just, it's just follow the leader. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. It's cool. 
you know. I mean, generally we, we were almost never playing dominant. It was it was always minor. You know, it was always minor. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there's dominance in there. You yeah, know, like you know, there's a if you're playing any minor, it's a seven or. D. Is it quite free? Obviously, it is quite free, isn't it? It can be, yeah. Like harmonically, yeah. And then yeah, totally. basically, and for anybody that would, we you mentioned cues, didn't you? So what yeah. you, you guys used to do is there'd be like rhythmical or harmonic cues, wouldn't they? Where somebody plays a rhythmical phrase or harmonic phrase. No, that's anybody. Well, well, you guys kind of started that thing. No, off, he would. Though, he just turn you? around and say, he'd just turn around and go, you know, we're moving down or up. So right. Like okay, we could just, yeah, yeah, we yeah. were just like, and the concept from that was from uh, Greenwich Mean. Yeah. Because like he was basically editing dat tapes. And just like, you know, splicing shit together. Yeah. And just some of it could just be like a totally different tempo. Yeah. But it was like no, you know. So when he says down, he just means I like, bring it down in yeah, tempo. But, yeah, just tempo. And 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 it and it most of the time should not have any rhythmic relation to where you just were. I mean, yeah. you know, like timing wise. Yeah. It's not like a triplet. You know, it's like there shouldn't be it should feel like a different tempo. Yeah. And what are you doing at that point? Just like hit a whole note and let the drummers sort yeah, of well, like, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I used to, you know, sometimes it took a while, you know, I'd come in something aggressive and it'd be just like totally <laughs> fucking, you know, like, like someone dropped a grenade in the, in the yeah, barrel yeah, and it's yeah. just like, so like, oh shit. Because then just to try to find it again. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, and sometimes, you know, you're not paying attention and you miss the cue and it's just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, a train wreck. It wasn't perfect all the time. But yeah, the knee body guys, have you? <sighs> yeah. Well, they took that and then they, they kind of made their own thing out of it. Yeah. They, they played me- like a melody and it, that's a cue yeah. or something. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the like, effect is yeah. the same, but they just came up with a different protection. Yeah, they got real nerdy about it. Like, yeah, totally. In a great way. Like, yeah, I no, freaking totally. love them totally. guys. I love yeah. them guys. When you're playing, say, for instance, like you're playing in E or A or whatever, like, and sort of whatever, you know, you're playing with the Trucks Band or. Brian Adams. I love that you played with Brian Adams. Me too. Aren't Waking you? up the neighbours, guys. Come on, what an awesome <laughs> album. Anyway, how do you organise your fingerboard in terms of harmony? You know, like when somebody does say it's a G7, like what are you? What are your initial, is it phrases that you think of? Is it scales? Is it chord tones? Is it what? How have you organised that information on your fingerboard? I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because we of, all have to do this as yeah. bass players. I mean, like when somebody says it's a G seven, we need to like know. Okay, these notes are available, right. but how? Like where you are right now, how do you organize that information? That's a good question. I don't know. It depends. It really depends on the moment. A. Yeah. So, but you know, I mean, there's like, you know, there's that position. You know, I should turn my tone down. And then, you know, then, you know, there's also, there's all that stuff. Yeah. Like all this. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily keep it organized per se, but, you know. Do you think it's it's visual? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when you're looking at that's the thing, such a good is, question. It, I mean, is it visual? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to see it like on a gig, and then you could see where how I'm operating. But I mean, with Derek, I was basically chasing him around. I was like, I was playing stuff back at him, and you know, yeah, it, yeah, because but you had to basically stay in there. Like, like anytime I got off in a pedal point, it kind of was like, okay, <laughs> I, I was able to do it a little bit, but you know, it's like that's why I, that's what the learning curve with that band was. It's like okay, I had to rein in some of the freedom stuff I, I yeah, was used yeah. to. Which is yeah. fine. I mean, that's, you know, that's part of being on a gig. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know, man. It's like... <laughs> it depends. I, I, yeah. I've, like, I've done, like, a ton of interviews, right? And yeah. some people really know 
they're like, oh, I did it this way. Like, I, we were talking about Gary Willis earlier, right? Gary's like some like alien analytical right. of creature, and right. he's like, he's he knows exactly all these systems around what he does and stuff like that. Yeah. Other guys, like Andrew Goucher, for instance, I was like, how do you organise? Is is like, I have no idea. Yeah, you know. Both amazing players, obviously. You know I mean? you're, so I think it's just it depends on who you are as a human right. and how you actually learn. Some people are like really analytical about things. Right. Some people are just like, frick it, I just go for it. And ultimately, because I'm like been playing for a lifetime, right. I end up being able to um, outline all of these chords on the fingerboard anyway without any sort of like real analytical thoughts that have gone into it. And I think that it's really important that students understand that up front because they might be trying to paint themselves into a box. Well, like right. this analytical box where yeah. a freer, more open way of learning is equally, you know, legitimate. It right. just, you know, you, you just learn and approach things in different ways. Well, yeah. And the other thing is, is that you have to keep your ears open. That's, that's kind of the main thing about it all. Like it doesn't, you know, if you're playing a G minor, there's a million, you know, and I, I hear guys falling into traps. It's just like, well, here's some, obviously something they practiced. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like, okay. And, it, and it, you can hear that it's sort of a device. Yeah. Instead of like hearing what really what the chord is and how to move around it and make a little melody out of it or, or, or um, you know, it's, a, that's, it's just a matter of like not being lazy about it, you know, yeah. like make sure, you, you know, you know everything about the chord that you can possibly know, yeah. you know, like Wayne had a trick about, you know, like four fret area, finding all that without any using open oh, strings. Like, yeah, it's but, really yeah, quiet, it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like, so then you figure out how to not be lazy about it. Because so, yeah. then you find out different notes, like it's not just G and D, if you're playing in G, you know, it's like G, D, F, you know, it's like there's, a, there's like, you could start on an F, be, yeah, you know, you know, this is a million like kind of things that you can wind around. For anybody watching, it's like yeah. it's basically being able to outline all all the chords, yeah. isn't it? Like within a four fret area, without moving even a fret either side. Okay. Just yeah. so you come up with all these sort of like weird scales, don't you? Because yeah. it just sort of like literally boxes you yeah. into that four, and it also gives you thing. cool shapes to to dick around with. You yeah, know? It's yeah. Like, so then you wind up with like, I mean. You know, I'm jet lagged. I can't. I can't think of any like. <laughs> but you know, no. But you know, you wind up in places that it's just like, oh, cool. All right, so, so you know, let's try some G minor. This is, might sound like crap. Sorry, but you know, like so. But the first thing in a G minor is a G minor seven. So, yeah. Uh, and then give yourself a rule like, okay, no fives. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I can't, there's a lot more rules you could apply to it. I'm just, and I'm not even thinking about all the possibilities there, but, you know, you could also say minor six, so it's, you know, it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this, so then you It end breaks up, down the ability to be able to yeah. play the lines that we were talking about. Do you know when, like, Wayne Crantz was saying, he was yeah. like, I don't want somebody to have, like, a preconceived line that right. they play. That actually breaks it down, doesn't it? Yeah. Makes it almost impossible because you're like, you can't go out of that box. And it forces you to improvise. It's yeah. Like, oh, shit. Okay, so how do I keep this interesting? Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? That's that's kind of the hard part. It's, you know, that's like, it's a, it's a very analytical way of getting your toolbox together, but it's like, it's also super valuable because then when you're in the heat of the moment, you happen to have checked that out. It's like, oh, cool. You know, because yeah, you yeah. go, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, all this weird stuff can just come out. You know, it's just like, oh, cool. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't run out of gas. Were you playing a P bass back with Wayne? Uh, no, but you I was, play, I was playing jazz my sixties. Yeah, yeah, but I was using the, just the front pickup. <laughs> oh, were you? Yeah. Well, because you know the, the band was loud. Like, I was just you know. Yeah. 
if you just play the front pickup, like, because what is it? There's a phase thing with jazz basses, right? When you turn both things up, it's like less gain than if you just use one of the pickups. Yeah, if you use one pickup, it's yeah, so, so the, loud, isn't it? Because yeah. I felt I was getting overpowered a lot, so yeah. I was just using the front pickup, which ends up sounding like a P bass anyway. Yeah, because they, they're really similar, aren't they? Yeah. Like obviously you've got the P bass now. I'm just going to yeah. make sure that we have to we have to f- cover the gear. Yeah, you know I mean otherwise I'll p- have people chasing me around saying, "Why didn't you talk about gear?" All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I know. but I think on the KCL record, on the Krantz Carlock, I did use the P bass on a couple of tracks. Yeah, has it always been a P bass? Uh, have you got it, a secret life where you had a six string years ago and nobody knows about it? I had a Sadowski five. I'd love that. Oh, I did. I did. Have a I'd love. Well, it. And I used to do a lot of records on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, well, I you know I, I was. Jazz bass, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Bartolini pickups. It was yeah, actually yeah, great. Yeah. It was killer bass. But, uh, you know, I, I was heavy into the smooth jazz scene in the, in the 90s. So, I mean, really, it's like between doing weddings and I was playing with Chuck Loeb a lot and, and yeah. uh, Kelly Minucci. Yeah. It kept, you know, kept money coming in. Yeah. So, I did a lot of those recordings. And, but you didn't need it. Have you act- still got that? Still got the, 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 the No, I sold it. I sold it to my friend Billy Moeller, actually. Uh. <laughs> no, because, you know, what happened was then, then Tim, Cal- uh, Tim Clunan came along. Yeah, yeah. And, he, you know, I bought that little... Short scale, the OBS five, yeah, which is incredible. Bit like just my favorite five string ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it sits on a track in such a unique way. It's got this like growl, growl and punch. It's like thing short that's, scale, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll make sure to drop like a screenshot in of that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Weekend, oh man, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of some recordings. Oh yeah, I used it on the new Bowie record, the, the Never Let Me Down redo. Yeah, I use it on some of that stuff. What were you using on Blackstar? Were you using the that, uh, my 68P mostly, and then and this. Yeah, uh, I use this on. Um, uh, I think I use this on uh, on Sue. And I think I use my 77P on. Uh, I can't give everything away. Right. And I think I think uh, there was some other. There were some tracks that came out later on the No Plan EP that that I use this on. And I th- maybe there's another. Maybe I use this on. Um, because I remember my 68P is like it's got a beautiful vibe, but it's not. It doesn't bite effects so great. Great, and I think. Um, yeah. I think I used on on She's a Pity, She's a Whore. I used this. I'm pretty sure, just because like I, it, the whole thing was on was a split octave. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. What was that? Because you had like you had to sign an NDA and stuff like that. When yeah, I oh, talk, yeah. When I, I talked to you last time, when, yeah. when the camera's on, you're like, can't, can't speak about it. Like, what right, was that? We were probably doing it. Was it? Or yeah. Just no, you just finished it. Right. You just finished yeah. it. What was that experience like? I mean, you know, it was it was very workmanlike. It was you know, it's not many people. It was like Coco Schwab, David's nutritionist guy. You know, he was very sick when he showed up. Yeah. So, like, we, we knew that. But we, we, you know, the record before they had signed NDAs too. Yeah. But, you know, this one was really important. But, you like, know, when you got the call, where were you when you got the call? By the way, we're on the, oh. we're on the Bowie album. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do an Bowie. album with yeah. Bowie. Well, I was, uh, like, well, the first time was I got called, I was on tour with Tedeschi Trucks somewhere. And, you know, I was supposed to play on that Sue track that they did with Maria Schneider. Oh, right, I yeah. got sounded about it. I couldn't do it because I was out with them. But then uh, we were at the, this place in Sterling Heights, Michigan. It's like outdoor venue, like yeah. shed. And then Donnie called me and I was like, you know, I kind of had a suspicion because he had asked me about that recording. And, you know, it wasn't a huge surprise, but it was still like, oh, my God. And it was, was Donnie's band, but Donnie yeah, McCaslin's band. It was Donnie, Mark it? Juliana, me and Jason Linder. Yeah. Yeah. And how would Bowie sort of like, had he seen you play? Uh, like, I won't no, what guys. happened was Maria Schneider, like, said she wouldn't, she couldn't do a record with him. Like, he had asked her to do a record. He wanted to do a jazz record. Yeah. Uh and um, she said she didn't have time because she was working on the, that Thompson Fields record, which she ended up winning a Grammy for. Yeah. You know, great record. But, you know. <laughs> and what, did <laughs> so she somehow, like, give Donnie a call? No, well, right. She did say that. She said, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Yeah, she said, here, check out this casting. We had just done casting for Gravity, I think, which is, yeah. 
you know, when we were just in the studio, just going like, you know, it was like annihilation yeah, mode, yeah. which Bowie loved. Yeah. You know, I think the first thing that got turned on to was Mark Giuliano just going apeshit. That was so good. Yeah. Well, this exactly. is one track where we were just all kind of laying in and it's like, it was a Dave Vinnie song that he had written and we it just, for some reason at the end, it was like the end went on for like five minutes. It was just uh, yeah. pretty trancy, but we were just going in yeah. and I think he loved that. And then, so then, you know, so you get turned on to that. He's like, maybe I'll check these guys out. And then he came to the 55 bar. And I was having. So you like playing? And you're no, like, yeah, oh, there's Bowie. Yeah. No, he didn't. Nobody told us he was there until afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was like stealth. It was stealth. Amazing. Yeah, he, well, you know, he used to walk around New York. Bowie walk around New York, like, and and he'd have a hat on, and and people would be like, hey, "It looks like David Bowie." But he, had, he would. This is how. This is how this motherfucker worked. He was a genius. He would have like a foreign language newspaper in his hand, and so they'd be like, "Oh, that can't be him because he's reading a foreign language newspaper." He believed it. Amazing. That? Yeah, amazing. And it would just. You know, it did, and then there's this. The trail would go dead. That's amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff cracks me up. So when say so he came and saw you in '55, but you obviously booked to do the gigs and stuff. I mean, do the uh, do the, right. the recording. Yep. Um, what was the writing process like? Was it like mapped out? Yeah, totally. Well, most of it. Yeah. I mean, were you sent the tunes in advance? Yeah, we were sent the tunes. Yeah, so like we'd, we'd write them out, and Donnie rehearsed a little bit before, which we didn't really need to do because you know, again, in the studio sometimes, and like you know. The demo is one thing, and then how it feels. Everything changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like like Lazarus was like was that. Yeah, you know, because I ended up just we were just fooling around with it, like like second take. A lot of the times it was just me and Mark second take, and we were done for the day. Yeah, but uh, let me see if I can pick. But like one of the takes, you know, I ended the tune going. What did I do? I oh, mean, I thought I'd pick. Oh, yeah, I do. You know, I did this thing at the end of one of them. I was just, uh, you know, I had reverb on one. I'll get into that later. We'll get into the gear part of it. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, I just ended up, because I was really into Fink. You know yeah. the band Fink? I yeah, love yeah. Fink to death. And so like, there's a bunch of things where the guy's playing high bass in that band. So like, I was just sort of... Uh, you know, like some... Uh, you know, just stuff like that. And they were like, wow, I love that. You know, yeah, so yeah, put yeah, that in yeah. the intro. So I ended up, like, on the intro, I just went. You know, you know that, that stuff. I mean, which you've heard yeah, a million yeah, times. Yeah. So, like, it was just interesting. Like, okay. He, you know, there was, like, you stick to the map, basically. But, like, they, he totally allowed for, like, creation like that to happen. Which yeah. So you've got, like, the melodies are down. The chords yeah. are down, stuff like that. Right. But you can interpret them how you want to, basically. Sort of. I mean, yeah. you know, like, like, tis a pity, she's a whore. Yeah, I kind of stuck to what the demo is, which is right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, and then you know, there's other things. Um, uh, can't give everything away. It's pretty close. Um, Girl loves me. Very. I ended up playing guitar on that too, actually. Oh, really? double oh, the okay. bassline. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. His guitar, that Supro guitar. Oh, is it the Supro thing. guitar? Yeah. yeah. Um, through his like co- weird chorus belt. Yeah, it's like weird multi. Anyway, you David Bowie did, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I just played all through his shit. Yeah. And, um, was he there for the most part? Yeah. Was he just sort of like, yeah, listening to you guys track and you're like, yeah, I like this, yep. I don't like Interjecting. that. Interjecting. Like in terms of like creative process, did he have a real heavy hand in it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think it. with, the, with the, these guys that sort of like uber yeah. stars, yeah. sometimes really hard to, to get a feel for no, he like was in super terms of that on. creative yeah. process, how involved they are in yeah. that. He was, he was super hands-on, but yeah, yeah, he definitely, he was, I think, I think, you know, Tony Visconti had some, you know, he had less to say, but like later on, he did all the processing and put everything, and he tracked all the vocals and stuff. Yeah. But like in the studio, mostly it was like David's, you know, David's show. Yeah. Um, at least, at least from what I saw. Yeah. Um, 
Or, or like the track like Black Star, which I, I feel like, honestly, that's probably one of the best tracks I ever did. Yeah. Because he, he totally, I mean, we, though the beginning part is scripted, you know, like, because it was like his demo he did at home. Yeah. But then, you know, you know um, the, the middle part, um, where it goes kind of R&B, soul. Yeah. Like, I just I totally channeled, like, Justin Melville Johnson and, and Serge Gainsbourg, like, you yeah, know, like, yeah, that kind of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really picky, like, super busy bass part. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, the, they like that. And then, then on the end, I, called, I launched into, like, you know, Sly and the Family Stone, Pino, yeah, like yeah, really yeah, bouncy, yeah. really out, like kind of just like playing all that fucked up Pino stuff. Yeah. And I came into the control room and I was just like, you want me to go out and Is this cool? That? <laughs> yeah. No, basically I was just like, these guys like this because they didn't say anything. Yeah. You know? And it all made it, you know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, that was kind of like a one or two taker actually. Pretty amazing. We, we stopped after the first part and then, you know, so you could mash, mash the tracks together because it was going to be kind of hard yeah, to, yeah. But, but basically like that's kind of how it all went down. There wasn't much editing. Yeah, because probably mo his most, like, well, it's one of, isn't it? Like, the most historical album for him. You yeah. Know? Maybe he's what I want some of the early ones, maybe, but, like, of the late ones, like, it was just, like, colossal. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, there's always, like, Ziggy and, and yeah. you know, all those, and stays in station, station. But, but the fascinating part is, like, such different personnel. Like, because now, you know, now I've delved back into the catalog and you listen to the old bands and it's like, we had nothing to do with it. But at the yeah. same time, it's still kind of interesting. Like, you know, it stands up. Because yeah, the songwriting, is, yeah. the songwriting is like unparalleled. It was like some super dark. You know, some people are still frightened of that record. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's super. It's really dark. It's, it's the like, darkest. It's you know? really dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well you, you know, he was he was politically bummed out too. It was it was beyond just him being sick. You know, there's a lot of. He, I mean, he's one of the most well-read people I've ever met. So like, he was hyper aware of. I was going to point. Was it like as a dude? Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Good yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the the, the um, last five years the documentary? No. I mean, you know, you could see. I mean, I think it, it, when he was doing drugs and stuff, he was pr pretty temperamental. Yeah. So I heard. You know, that's that's why we ended up doing Never Let Me Down Again because he was apparently pretty high. Right. Didn't get yeah, involved yeah. much. Yeah. And, and he had said to Mario McNulty that he wanted to do it again. Yeah. This is why that went down. But yeah, no, he he just was funny. Like we were getting into insult fests and just yeah. you know, just a good dude. Ah, the best. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Man. I had some, and I, I swear to God, I know this is gonna sound weird, but I, I had some like lucid dreaming with he, we were talking in the dream. Like I, really, I, yeah, yeah. It's, he wasn't done with me yet, and he, he really wasn't because I went back and yeah, it was. I mean, you know, it was for because Gail and Gail Ann would have been the first choice because she toured yeah, yeah. forever, but she wasn't happened to not be available. So she's doing the Kravitz gig, yeah, she? right. Yeah, 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 and she's yeah. you know, she's pretty busy with him. So yeah. I ended up on it, you know. But I was playing with Sterling Campbell, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Reeves yeah. Gabrell, like all these guys. You know, that's that's like the sound of my youth, and you know, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, and if you watch those those Bowie videos live, it's incredible. Yeah, that band he's is so good. Man. Burning so bands. Good. Oh my yeah, god, they're incredible. So good, yeah. When you were recording in the studio, what were you actually using? Like, obviously, you were using the P bass, right? But were you just going to the desk? Were you? What was uh, going on? I had a sixty-eight P, which is you know I I put flats on it and haven't touched it since. It's just yeah. got this weird. I'll never put rounds on it because it's just got this vibe. Yeah. So the, you know that's so most of it. The record is that bass. Um, but I was going through my Yamaha EM eighty. It wasn't you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's which is like a tube. It's not. A, it's a. It's a. It's a old PA head from very underpowered PA head from the seventies yeah. or, or early eighties or something like that. So it's cool. It's like it's, it's really kind of gnarly. Uh, it's tube, right? 
No, is it not too? It's, it's salsa, yeah. but it's but it's pretty thick sounding. It's like thicker than a B fifteen. So yeah. what I was doing was using that as the head into a B fifteen. Oh, you know, and into it also a B15, has yeah. yeah, and so the reverb also from Lazarus is is in that is in that reverb tank, and, the, and it's really amazing yeah. sounding app. Yeah, and they have like two hundred bucks on eBay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, do you want to have a career? Yeah. Get a Yamaha EM eighty. <laughs> Should we talk about the effects? Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about the effects. As I was sure. saying earlier, this is, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, you've started a trend, a global trend. Yeah. Yeah. Some people would be so happy about it. Some people would be like cursing you. Yeah. Like, you started from you. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes I curse myself. What is your, what is your, the one pedal that you couldn't live without? Going to an island. I mean, probably, there's only one pedal on probably, there. You know, the OC2 or the, or the Three Leaf Audio. Yeah. Octave. Is that like a version of the OC2? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty close, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he, t- he did a good job with this stuff. That's, I mean, you know, he's sold a million of them, too, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I bet he has. It's good. It's, I bet he has, you know, it's yeah. about the best octave besides the OC2 that I can think of. Yeah. Although, you know, actually, Dunlop just made that little mini one. It's pretty banging. They, Is it? Yeah, they, they killed it with that. Yeah. So. So that would be the, on the desert island. So what yeah. else have we got on this board? And then there's uh, the second thing is the, uh, this friend of mine from Denver who makes all these kind of really uh, rad um, pedals. Like this is this is basically a DOD Meatbox clone. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah it's incredible. I mean, should I, should I demonstrate? Yeah, demo, okay. demo, demo. All right, so here, yeah, here's, the, yeah. here's the, your typical OC2. This is a three-leaf. Why don't they make the OC2 anymore? I don't get it. Like, did somebody not get the, the memo? By the way, all of these bass players really love this, uh, this pedal, the OC2, but they don't make them anymore. There's, there's no money in it. Yeah, true. They're selling those there is for this guy. Right. <laughs> you know, they're making, actually, they're, you know, I got the Roland SE02. Those little mini keyboards they're making are banging. At the back, yeah. It's because like of real analog synth. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what they're spending their time on. Yeah. This yeah, one adds yeah. a lot of weird stuff to it, which I love. Yeah. But but the sub on this is just speaker blower. Yeah, I've got an. I was about to say when you said it was a meatbox clone, I was like, I've got an engineer friend who freaking curses these. Yeah. He's like them damn meatboxes. He said, you know, the bass player will be on the gig. They won't mention it, and then suddenly <laughs> there's just this old right, well, right. of like wow. But this one you can you can actually take out. There's a sub a direct sub out like you right, know, okay, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was smart enough. Lewis is a genius man. He's got I got his reverb pedals. It's called the Proverb. Makes the vitriol distortion like basically totally on point stuff. Yeah, 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 it's pretty yeah, amazing. That yeah. I mean, look at it. But the, the the old pedal was a density hook and it was like way bigger. Yeah, this he made he, he you know this is a genius stroke. Yeah, yeah. That's so that. So is it just a sub? Yeah. Yeah, it's just you know. Yeah. It's, it, but it's it's you know you can hear the difference. It's like you know that's that split. That's that split. Yeah, it's just a that. And now, and I'll, I'll, I'll solo the octaves for you. So then here's the solo octave on it. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of clean, and you, know, you can hear the stuff. And then yeah, you know, yeah. Is that that solo, that Hulk? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Hulk. Yeah. Have you, you know. got like a, a place on the fingerboard that you know that you can't delve into well, once you kick them octaves on? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this one is more OC2 like. So. So I play it high, yeah. like where, where you play it as you do. But this one kind of is all over the neck. It's like it actually sounds better. It disappears up here. Yeah. And, but here. Oh, and it brings up. Yeah, yeah. This one you can play like in normal positions, and it's really kind of barky. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so that's that. And then uh, next up we have the uh, dark glass 
audio uh, microtubes X7. Yeah, microtubes, Man. yeah. <laughs> Where's my pick? I keep losing my pick. And is that what you're using it for, that fuzz, yeah? Yeah. Let me find my pick. You did have it before, didn't you? I know. What the hell did I do with it? Oh, I put it on my... <laughs> I've got like 50 picks up in this pick card. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but like with a pick, this shit sounds like, you know. You know. That's totally rad. Yeah. I mean, it's all variable. Like, you know, there's like EQ stuff on it. It's just nuts how much yeah, different yeah, stuff yeah. you get on. So that's great. And then this is, a, this is kind of a new guy. It's a boutique guy out of, uh, I think, New Mexico. I can't remember. It's the, it's the Nunez Annex bass channel. So basically, it's kind of EQ. Like, it's got all this kind of stuff on it. So... That's not even the extreme setting. I mean... Yeah, I, I kind of I turned a bunch of stuff down on this, but it's basically you know pretty extreme. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be too bright in there, but you know. You know it's a lot of fun. When you're using this stuff on a gig, like how much are you altering it on the fly, or do you just kind of set it and forget it for a gig? Uh yeah. I mean, you know, normal. This is how I normally use it. I mean, that's a little more subtle. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, because this thing gets pretty massive. Yeah. I mean, because it's also got EQ on it, so you can't really hear it through that amp right now, but it's like, it gets it super like bassy. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but it's cool. Like, you know, so you can, it can act like it's a little bit, bit of a boost too, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just for to really part people's <laughs> hair, hair pieces, you know. <laughs> this is the mothership. <laughs> two by Pigtronics, which is actually we've made a, contact a, a, a double oscillator synth, which is, is that really is? nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, let me let me. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find a third. And then you can make it glide extremely, so it's, it's got all the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, That's amazing. It's insane, this metal. It's so good. <laughs> and then, you know, the other thing about it is that, you know, then when you combine it, you can combine a bunch of stuff with it. You know, that, that's kind of the key to why I use so many pedals, because then yeah. this stuff, you know, there's, a, there's another mode. There's a sync mode on it, so you can put a little bit of the direct in, which I'm going to put this octave into it. So... Uh, There's a filter thing on it, so I, yeah, sometimes yeah. I get... You know, if, if, <laughs> if that happens to be something you aren't going to get fired for, you, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. a use for. Brian but, Adams loved it. Yeah, he loved it. He was it. like, make sure you bring that Pigtronics yeah. pedal tip. <laughs> yeah, don't go home, don't leave it out. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the other thing about... So then the reason why I have this pedal, this, this, uh, it's the 
Chase Bliss Warp Vinyl. Yeah. Chase Bliss Audio. <laughs> It's come sending out to it. You know. It's a rad chorus. Like, like just yeah, does so yeah. many. It's a tremolo chorus vibrato. So like. Um, so yeah, but by itself. Yeah. It's just like a normal chorus, but then you can go total, you know, Jocko Pistorius word of mouth, you know. Which I can't even play right, but but it's that era, like, you know, it's yeah, yeah, me yeah, that Jocko yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's just huge, which is great. And then, you know, it also does like other weird things, like this kind of note. Take it to yeah, Cowboy yeah, Town. Yeah, yeah. So that just does a lot of weird stuff. So when you combine it also with this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Again, yeah. like just to have the end endless possibilities yeah, of stuff, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. When you're put adding pedals to your pedal board and, and taking them obviously like you're on tour at the minute, like do you have a preconceived idea of what you're looking for? Or do you just put the pedal in and you just think you mess around with it and think, yeah, I can use that? Uh, yeah, well, these days, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm pretty settled on octave and distortion stuff. Yeah, you know? I'm, I mean, I always have an open mind, but you know, it's hard to beat these two. Yeah, fuzzes. You know, I had a hard time with fuzzes for a long time because you know, if you if you play fuzzes, like they get squashed. You start playing really hard, and everything just just you know, gets tiny. Yeah. So, but the, this one manages to not do that. So that was that was a huge factor. So yeah. like when I put it on, it's like actually, you know. It's it's there. Yeah. It's making it's giving it a lift instead yeah. of like because some fuzzes can just swallow. What, yeah, it actually dec dec decreases. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, well, isn't it isn't it like some of the circuitry from like the sixties and stuff? Like it's like there's a whole physical thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's another uh, amp tweaker makes a really great one too. There's a whole bunch of them, but but that one's really good yeah. too. So because I used to use that on Tedeschi trucks all the time, and the only you know the only reason why I don't now is because this thing is just mind boggling. Banging, yeah, it's great. Um, so then the other thing is. Uh, is now I'm I'm more in glitch mode. Like I'm trying to find stuff that's that's glitchy. So yeah. I, this this uh, red pan, uh, red panda labs tensor pedal is pretty yeah. rad. So which basically you know But it can do all this other weird you know it can Yeah. But the cool thing you can also loop stuff on it. So like you, Oops. Uh, I like looping stuff on it because then it, it kind of. Uh, let's see. You can grab one note and turn it into a, like. And that's just there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe I add reverb to it. You know. I listen to a lot of weird records, like you know, like there's, there's records that came out in the '60s. That, <laughs> the shit actually sounds like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's cool, like, cause you, know, you can you can just take. A, uh, let's see. You know, I've been like looking for something like this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Everybody's like smoking joints. Like, hey, man, this guy's cool. <laughs> Do some more of that. Fuck the other stuff. <laughs> I don't know how I think of these things. And then is this, uh, this is the Caroline Guitar Company Meteor Reverb, which is great. Yeah. It could be, it could be pretty extreme. Or it's pretty much like a hardcore spring reverb. And, and my friend Leo Abrahams turned me on to that. This one. It's great. Uh, but what I love about it, it's got this kind of like cloud funk. Shimmer on the top yeah. of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if, that's really a cool thing. It's not, it reminds me of Radiohead or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, but you could, you know, there's all kinds of. Like weird shit. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's, well, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, that that thing, this thing, will always blow my mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't. How did I even get that? Well, that that, that's exactly right. Because I mean, yeah. I haven't even used this thing in like two months. And yeah. I'm just like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then and then this is the JHS delay. It's pretty rad. It does all the things I need it to do. Um, but the thing about this, like, what's cool is, like, I've been finding out, like, you know, I kind of, like, listen to a lot of movie soundtrack stuff, so, like, I find, like, I was kind of doing this, I fell into this at the Village Vanguard last month in January, where I was just going, like... like having plugins on your own yeah, pedal yeah, board, yeah, yeah. which is cool when you, know. you get on a gig i'm just imagining me with this pedal board i'd definitely worry i'd be like <laughs> <laughs> like where how do you know how do you know well, where, well you have to where be on the a boundaries gig. are right well right you have to be on a gig where it's sort of like you know that's there's got to be moments for it you know yeah I mean? but most of the guy you know if you're playing with like, like donnie Mark I was going to say, like, yeah, Donnie yeah, I mean, or Mark, totally they'll be like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, right? they love Wayne it. Wayne Krantz, right? What? Yeah, same. Same. He'd be like, just give it all. I mean, he wants more bass, and it. Like, he, he doesn't love it all the time, but yeah, yeah I mean. Do you just, are you just, like, because you've used them for so long, and obviously, you, you know, playing with a lot of people, do you just right. intuitively sort of, like, feel that vibe when it's going to be right and wrong? Well, when somebody says, hey, you want to play, like, in a, on an improv gig or a jazz gig, hey, you want to play before the tune starts. I mean... I'm gonna to totally default to that. I'm not gonna to try to shred. Yeah, I'm just gonna to try to make some some soundtracky kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean, because that's what it resonates with me. It, you know, I could try. Like I end up like you can hear me now. Like my hands are cold. I'm nervous. Like I'm you know if I try to play fast, I'm gonna sound like crap. That's and just, I can tell that you absolutely love this stuff, though. You like? Oh yeah. Wow, I mean you know check yeah. that out. <laughs> I mean it just sounds like 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 music to me. It sounds yeah. like those old you know it sounds like um, Atticus Ross. You know like yeah. Like, Nine Inch Nails does a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know like. You know, there's a, there's a ton of that stuff that they do that's, you know, Nine Snails is a big influence on me right now. Like all the analog sense and like the, the programming and the, and yeah. Atticus Ross had this soundtrack called um, uh, Book of Eli. Yeah. 
Dude, I was literally about Dude, to say, did you that's check totally out what that is. Denzel Washington. Yeah, 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 this is totally what this is. I mean, you know, this is. I watched that film and I was like, who did this? It's incredible. Yeah. So then you just. From that film, yeah, yeah. man. It's like I was like, like a full-on like Atticus Ross fanboy for at least two months after that. Guy's film. a genius. Yeah, yeah. There's a thing they do in the. I, I saw Nine Inch Nails in December, and they, they did just. He had a moment where he's just like, I don't know what program he's using, but it's just just like taking audio and just it's just like a, a absolute like tornado of sound, really, just yeah. like and he just plug in. He's just, a freaking genius, man. Absolute genius. He, he did the soundtrack of Social Network with Trey yeah. Reznor, didn't he? They yeah. did that together. Yeah. He did. You know, they're they're doing a lot of stuff. Like they did the. Uh, the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary. Yeah. It's kind of like almost, like I was like, mm, that kind of sounds like like they're getting an they identical. They did something else I watched the other day. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. It was, yeah, it was them two again. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, the 13th, like a bunch of Netflix stuff and, you know. It was something on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. What is it, the 13th? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know what it was called. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that, but they've done a lot of that stuff too. We said it now, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's it's true. out there. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, so that's, I mean, that's, more exciting to me like I mean you know then you can do subs I mean you know it's, it's kind of endless and this is just like I don't even have you know yeah, it's yeah, freaky yeah. it's just you know yeah. it sounds like you're, you're like you're watching the new uh, what's that uh, Blade Runner yeah 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 <laughs> Uncle Practice Timmy. Practice scales. Uncle Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Timmy freaks him out again. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm lucky enough to, that people kind of want me to do that. And, you know, it's just, but it's also sort of an obsession, you know. Yeah. I can cool. see. I can see. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, you're like super into it. Yeah, I am. Thank you so much <laughs> Dude, for coming in and hanging out, man. Thank you. Guys and Thanks, girls. Guys. Timber Five. Beautiful. Oh, where, did, where do they find, find you? If they want to come stalk you, oh. don't tell me your address, but maybe sort of like uh, online. Oh, yeah. TimLaFavorMusic.com. Yeah. And it's spelled actually... Yeah, L-E-F-E-B-V-R. Now it's the real spelling again. It's the, it's the real spelling. You've gone yeah, back to I the Yeah, I got rid of the spelling. other website. Now, I'm, yeah, I'm on yeah. Squarespace now. Squarespace. No, but it's cool, though. You know, they, they you know, I can do merch and yeah, yeah, merchandise. Yeah. Do it. Go and buy some Tim's merch. No, I don't know. See you, guys. Bye. <laughs> See you. Thank you.